What's up, everyone? It's Gavin or Tweak. What's good? What's good? It's Marcus or Pink. What up? What up? It's Charles or Chuck. What's going on, everyone? You got Matt or Has, and we're joined here by a very special guest, one who's been requested many a times, and we're finally able to get him on. What's good, TK? What's going on, everybody? It's TK or TK. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just yeah, I don't. There's nothing changing, bro. I'm just trying to. I'm here. What's up? I'm here. What's good? <laughs> good brother. I like the slow turn. That was uh, my favorite part of mm. your intro. Kind of mm-hmm. killed that. Kind of killed it. What's going on, man? Uh, none much. Been you know grinding a lot of the Grand Blues usual. Been looking into obviously Tekken Eight. That's coming up soon. Uh, I'm going to Frosties to actually uh commentate well the smash section and then the last i guess recorded tekken 7 tournament because <laughs> that's the tekken 8 comes out that same weekend so i think they're doing like tekken 7 on friday uh everybody can play tekken 8 on saturday and then they're going to be like a tekken 8 tournament or exhibition or something on sunday so it should be a good time would you say uh tekken's your favorite game like your favorite fighting game uh ye- well that's hard because i feel like it's i think overall i'd probably say yeah i think right now is grand blue because i'm like very much enjoying and playing it and learning a bunch because this is like the first 2d fighter that i feel like i really gelled with like that like i was really i was pretty decent at street fighter 6 but like this one is just fun so uh but i think overall like as a like for over the years of me learning more fighting games definitely Tekken. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you messed with Tekken for quite some time, even when I first started doing like commentary gigs and stuff with you back in like Smash Four or slash early alt. I know you, you know, commentated Tekken, played Tekken, watched Tekken a lot. Always would talk about it. So, congratulations on the uh, Frosty Fausti gig, man! And I, I, I definitely hope to see you commentate more FGC games. I definitely know that's something you've been trying to branch out to more and more as the years go by. So, it's super sick to see that you're on the lineup. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm trying to just do like I would like this to be my like full time job. And at all capacity. So, like, I just want to commentate. Like, I just want to, like, it doesn't matter if it's FGC or not. Like, I know we, I've done the PAX gigs and stuff where we usually do more fun stuff. Like, mm, uh, yeah. we've done Among Us over there. We did some Mario Strikers at some point in time. Um, Fall Guys and stuff like that. And, like, if I could get more consistent gigs in that realm, then I would just double down to that. And then eventually, if esports or my talents get recognized for, like, a TV show, then sick. You know, that's just that's where I want to go. It's kind of hard to get there right now, obviously, with the landscape (laughs) of esports and um, just the industry in general. But I'm going to keep grinding and uh, I guess till the wheels fall off. Two things. One, when you said you're naming all those different games and then you said Mario Strikers and all of us just like nodded. We're like, yes, (laughs) we enjoy Mario Strikers here. Uh, Two, even though the landscape is what it is now, obviously you've been around for a super long time. And speaking personally, you and the whole squad, uh, the whole MB, MDVA squad, what got me into Smash, honestly, or well, made me want to take the leap to the next level when it came to competitive Smash. And so much of that came down to the culture that you guys, Marcus, you, Coney, and, and EE, and G- Gimmer, and everybody else there kind of created. So you've kind of seen, in, in my opinion, were a big part of the Genesis of everything smash so when it comes to two things one when it comes to making the jump to other games everyone says that's fucking impossible what is your strategy to do that and to grind that and to figure it out and it seems very frustrating and hard so that's my first question for you how do you because obviously I, I think you're super talented i think you know 99 or 100 percent of people would agree and that you can make the jump but how do you do it like smash and fgc especially if you're an old head like you just know 
there was a rift for a really, really long time. The rift has shrunk, but it still is there just a little bit, especially in terms of like the pies aren't that big in both scenes. So how do you try or how do you try to make the jump over to, to different scenes, TK? Seems very hard. Wait, wait. So before we get into it, I just got to show real quick. All right. So if you guys are enjoying the content, make sure to like, comment and subscribe on YouTube. Let us know if you have any questions for TK. Uh, you know, he's an amazing guest. So we're looking forward to that. And then on top of that, we have the Patreon bonus content episode that we are going to record after this. We're going to be talking about Kaloon and Luigi in general because that character got second place. Um, usually we talk about that on the main episode, but we do have a very special guest. So we wanted to do more topics catered towards the guests. So, uh, yeah, has if you want to just do a TLDR of the repeat of the question real quick, and then, yes. Sorry about that. Uh, TLDR, how the hell do you jump from Smash to fighting games or vice versa in commentary specifically? How do you do it? Um, well, I don't think anybody's ever going to jump from fighting games to Smash 1. Um, and that's kind of unfortunate because I do think that, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good game. It's a fun game to talk about. Uh, there's a reason why I end up talking about it for 12 years or whatever. But... The jump from Smash to FGC has been slightly easier for me because of, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, clout. Like, I people know me. I'm respected as a commentator um, in the space already. And, like, even for, like, the higher-up commentators, the ones that, like, I look up to, like, Yipes and, and Steve and stuff, like, you know, they, when I first started to cross over, even before I even started to cross over, they were like, hey, man, you know, we, we expect the work that you do. Uh, and and smash and whatnot so uh that helps a lot because one of the my bargaining chips is always like look man i just want some pools you don't got to pay me any extra i just want some pools i just want to be able to like say that i've done it put it in my reel you know say show that like i can talk about these games as well and in exchange i will do your top eight or whatever smash that you need to be done and it will be done with you know expert efficiency because that's my main game um and so that helps a lot. The fact that like I stream and then like you can definitely see that there's actual interest in the game and not just like I want to talk about it. Like I only talk about games I actually like. Like if I don't, if I can't sit and play it, then I can't sit and talk about it. And uh, a lot of my my streams now have just been you know me playing Grand Blue or like when Tekken came out, I was like for three four months straight I just played nothing but Tekken. Uh, and when Street Fighter came out for like a month or two straight, I played nothing but Street Fighter. And then I, uh, I'll use whatever resources that I do have that I've made over the years to uh get just even small gigs like i was doing the stuff for for street fighter i was doing the icfcs in asia which means i had to commentate at 3 a.m and i was still like hey bro the grind is the grind you know what I mean? <laughs> like i'm supposed to be like i'm not a a known commentator yet so i still gotta you know i'm back on on uh ground floor and that doesn't bother me because like i think that's where i, sh I should be i never get to the point where i'm like in my head about where I should be based off of where I've been before in other games. Uh, yeah, I'm at the top of Smash, sure. Does that translate directly over to anything else? Not really. Um, you know, I still got to prove myself in the other things. So if I if I never get a top eight ever uh, in, in these other games, I don't really care because I just want to talk about them. But like, I, I like the fact that I now get to work with people that I've looked up to and wanted to work with forever, uh, being, you know, Steve Yipes, uh, Say Jam. Uh, I got a chance to work with Older David and James Chan and stuff like that, too. Damn. So, yeah, it's been Go it's been to. really nice. It's been a very nice grind. Yeah, no, even um, when I think about my experience, I I started well with all the stuff happening with my family. I don't have as much time to try and uh, try other games, right? But I got to do a block with Yipes at Rewired Fest. That mm -hmm. was so fucking hype because in terms of just my favorite commentator and who I 
like the most as a commentator within esports, I think Yipes is my favorite personally. So, I mean, he's just, he's such a vibe and you, it's something that you can't emulate, right? I, I think when when you're a commentator and you can't emulate it, there, it's truly something special. And I think Yipes is like on top of that mountain for me. And yeah. then I also got to do some Guilty Gear commentary with uh, um, James Chen as well. So that was really cool I, in, in terms of just like the top, top level, top of the crop FGC casters. And I mean, especially I feel like most smash casters will look up to a lot of the old head FGC casters. You know what I mean? Because you usually start watching FGC and then smash started blowing up later. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's really fun. And I, I love that you're talking about the grind and not expecting the like, Oh, Hey, I'm a top smash caster. I don't just get automatically slotted into X, Y, or Z game. Right. You, you, you know about the grind because obviously you did the grind when it was the toughest. And now it's, one thing I love about FGC or just just uh, commentating in general when you pivot into another game nowadays, since the online is so good, there's a bunch of like online, like when I did the Guilty Gear tournaments with Series E with James Chen, it was online. And, and you know, I got to commentate online with them. And it was, I think that avenue is so much better than having to go out to locals and stuff. And there's so much limitations that now you don't have to worry about. Right. So have you been commentating like some online weeklies and stuff like that? I, I assume you have. Yeah. One of the, the ICFC thing is, you know, that's fully online. I've done a couple right, of right. them in A's too. Uh, I've done a, um, TNS and I may, I was meaning to do, I was actually supposed to do TNS last week too for street fighter, but I think, uh, I had another obligation that I totally forgot about on Wednesday. So now I'm trying to get better at like actually using my calendar app. Uh, I almost forgot about this one, to be honest. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I went I went live like 20 minutes and then Charles like, yo, you still good? And I was like, oh, yeah, man, of course. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, I'm definitely trying to get better using my calendar app uh, for sure. But it's I think that also helps a lot, too, when it comes over. Uh, that, that's actually something I talked about recently uh, is why it's easier to get into um, fighting games more often than Smash because the online is so accessible and usable. Um, you know, I know that we've got mods and stuff now, right? So, but not only do we have, uh, not only do we have like kind of like abysmal net, but the training modes are not as good either. So um, as far as in Smash without mods. And when you go into training modes, even like the base level training modes for fighting games will do, will give you everything that you need to know to like at least start to learn you know if it's just frame data or being able to set up a certain situation to to repeat multiple times or giving you some combo trials that goes a long way into kind of just getting your muscle memory going and whatnot so i think it's much easier to learn fighting games uh than it is smash and i think that's what is a kind of discouraging factor for people sometimes to get into smash if they weren't someone who grew up with it you know it's interesting because yeah. I, I look at it as kind of inverted where it's like Smash is so beginner friendly, right? You don't need to learn any crazy inputs. You could just, some people pick Kirby and hit down B, right? Like that's their favorite thing or, or pick Link and hit down air. And like, that's their favorite thing for their whole lives, right? Like that's super easy. But the way you're looking at it is like specifically in a competitive format, if you yeah. wanted to get in something, but that's the thing with Smash is like, you just start and you like it and then you're like, I want to get better. How do I do this? And then you need to like go out and do your own research and find it. Whereas Fighting games, especially now, like the kind of the renaissance they went through, especially over quarantine, is you need to have these resources or this game is DOA. Like it will not work. You can't have, if, if Strive didn't have uh, the netcode that it had, I don't mm-hmm. think it would be half as popular as it was uh, on launch. Like it, they did everything. The thing I really like about the FGC is that the community, it feels like, has a real voice in what happens. And what and we, we have no idea what's going to happen with Smash. We have no 
we want something, it might not be in line with what Nintendo or what uh, the next Smash game has or wants. So I kind of love yeah. that about the FGC, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I think when you from a from a casual standpoint, Smash is probably the easiest game to ever get into. Like, uh, as far as like a fighting game, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, as you said, younger younger version of me, the sixty four was basically just you know hitting F smashes and and, and down Bs and down airs with Kirby. So and and it was successful, like you know, uh, but, but yeah, trying to do that in in Street Fighter or you know Grand Blue or anything like that will probably not net any type of success. Um, that is a good point too about the resources as well because we, you know, the first Grand Blue we all played that like, but that was over quarantine, and oh the net code was not that good. It was uh, so bad. So it was like fun to play your friends and stuff, but like if you were trying to grind ranked, you know, delay based net code was not really hitting. And I think with that not having real tournaments, not having real internet, uh, it just kind of like put the game on a downward slope very quickly. Now obviously people still played the game and it was popular enough to get a second one, but yeah, I think you know. When you don't have the right resources for a fighting game, it definitely can uh, be the nail in the coffin a lot faster than I would say Smash uh, in any capacity. Obviously, we've had three games of bad internet and we're still here. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's yeah. how good the game is, right? And how popular the game is. I, I always thought it was like reverse. I think the barrier to entry competitively is very easy for traditional FGCs, but it's very hard for Smash. But then when you flip it in terms of like casual, barrier of entry it's like in the other way around right where smash right. is you know a lot better and then nintendo doesn't really have to try to make the barrier of entry to com- com- competitive better because that's not how they make money so right. they're not really right. uh you know motivated to do the other way around but you know fighting games they want to sell more copies so you know we saw street fighter 6 go more tried to invest more into their casual like one player mode right which is was very funny. I think there's a, like a lot of funny clips that was made through that. I know you had one, right, TK? But yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, the BLM <laughs> clip was yeah, that was good. So uh, wait, Gavin, did you have something? That you were yeah, something? I was gonna say um, just TK talking about his journey and everything. Last week um, when we were recapping, let's make big moves. I was mentioning that I was like right next to the casting setup watching like has Charles and, and, and uh, Phil like cast and like, I could physically see them like, like it really looked like professionals at work and TK like going in depth with his uh, journey. Like it just, it kind of reminds me of like, like I can see the flexibility in him as a caster when he casts smash. And like, I feel like the journey he's describing, like kind of, helps make sense of that and i don't know i just wanted to mention that like that experience was kind of cool for me because it kind of put into perspective like why like i knew you guys were good at what you did but like it it kind of helped me have an even better understanding of of why that is like individually for some of y'all as well yeah (coughs) Yeah. the journey has definitely taken me some places i think i really appreciate the honestly the entirety of like everything that i've been able to do through smash and through commentary because there's like you know pivots that like i'm glad i made you know when we first started uh commentary like and we started getting big it was like you know me and e obviously but like you know e is just much funnier than me so like i felt that it was because of that i was like well we can't both just be here being funny so like i learned a lot uh, about yeah. uh whatever game that we were doing at the time i think it was probably pm and then when four came out 
I learned a bunch about four. And whilst it maybe not translate to the like I'm poindextering, like if you really like sit and listen to the stuff that I say during commentary, like it may not be the most technical terms, but it is getting the point across. And like that's all I wanted to ever do. Like whatever uh, I wanted to make it so it was accessible for any and everybody to listen to and understand, and also wanted to be able to fill any role that is not being filled currently. So if I'm sitting next to yeah. Has and Has is you know going crazy on some um, you know some meta game stuff or some uh, matchup stuff, then I'll be funny. And then if I'm sitting next to EE and EE is dropping a bunch of jokes, then I'm gonna go talk about the meta or like keep the match uh, you know keep the match going. And I think that's only a skill that I would have learned in this journey because of the people that i was sitting next to um kind of pushing me to go into different directions and i like so i appreciate all y'all really to you know get me to where i needed to go uh, and i like love working with all y'all that i've worked with throughout the years you should also give yourself some credit though or more credit because i remember when we were playing pm and we were playing smash 4 and you still lived in maryland and you were doing all the xandus <clears throat> And you would ask me infinite questions about the game, and I thought it was just because you wanted to be better at the game. But then I would I would listen to I would listen to you commentate, and I'd be like, "Bro, I just told him that like a day ago, or I just told him that like a week ago, or something like that." I'm like, "Oh, like this is this is really what he's focusing on commentary." And it was just interesting to see, like, because I think that there are people who should ask questions, like the players should ask questions to people who are really good at the game, right? So that the players can improve. But mm -hmm. I also think that that should happen with commentators. And I think you were really the first person that branched out and was like, hey, like, what's up with this situation? Or is that move safe? Or like, what's the frame date? Because you're not a big numbers guy. You never really asked me about like the frame date. You're like, is that safe? Like, was that a true punish? That's something you asked me a lot. I was like, is that true, right? Because mm -hmm. it's just interesting to know for, for the audience because sometimes things may not seem true but they are true. And you're like, oh, that really works every single time there. And then, you know, people can take that. There's a lot that people can gather from what you say. And um, I just remember you just asking me a bunch of, is that a true combo? Like, does that really work? Like, you, <coughs> you just ask me a ton of things. So, yeah, definitely give yourself some credit because you work hard. Like, you really do. I think, I mean, in that aspect, well, when we were younger, me and you always said we kind of, like, saw the game almost exactly the same way. I'm just not as good as you. <laughs> so it was much easier to, like, ask you questions. Uh, but also because we were like doubles partners uh, and because I was actually doing kind of well. And you were like the one person like before, you know, in Brawl, I, was, I went from being like Mr. 17th place to just for some reason just going 0-2 at everything. And like that really like did a, a huge number on my confidence as a player. And I think you were the one of the only people that has ever like con continuously believed in me regardless of my placings. So when 4 came out and like I started doing good again, there was times where, like, I would, like, lose first game, and you'd be like, bro. And then I'd be like, you're right. And then I would just do better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like, all right. But so, like, there, half of it was, like, wanting to be, like, good. I don't think I was ever going to be, like, a top eight consistently person. But, like, for Xanadu, specifically Smash 4, I was definitely always in the 7th to 13th area for, like, a large margin of it. Um, and then when... Ultimate came out, it was like 13th to 17th, which is totally fine. I'm not, I'm older now. Like, I didn't expect to do that well. But there was definitely people that, like, I wanted to beat just so, like, they will put respect on my name. In fact, I remember at either Don't Park on the Grass or Port 6, one or the other. I play, I went to some, like, local uh, the day before. I'm drinking at this local. Some kids playing DDD, and, like, he beats me in the, in the, in the, uh, friendly. And, we had to play in tournament the next day 
And I remember him saying something like I could hear. I don't think he heard me uh, or like he didn't know I could hear him. But I heard him just like, oh, yeah, I beat him yesterday. So it should be easy. I fucking dog walked that kid, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was like, I was like, oh, easy, huh? And so like the first game was like one stock 20 percent. The second game, I almost three stocked him. And like I almost didn't even say GG's because I was like, it's just disrespectful that like you beat like a, a very inebriated version of me. And you thought like, let's talk some shit now. And I was like, oh, you're all right. So yeah, I mean, he was getting he was getting spiked. He was getting he was taking the big uh neutral layer side B combo for like 70%. Like I was like, bro, sh- I don't want to hear nothing from you anymore. So but yeah, there was always a little bit. I'm I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fully competitive. I just want to be able to hold my own one. And then I always learn games faster by playing. So I if I have questions, uh it's more it's, it's to ask as a player, but then once I put myself in that mindset. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to like when someone makes a mistake to not just hound on them. Like, yeah, I've been in that situation. I would have up smashed there too. Uh, and you know why it may have got you punished instead of just being like, wow, that was a dumb up smash. You're like, you know, no, I've been there. I definitely probably would have done that. Or you can give insight on like what they were trying to cover. Like, oh, people up smash there to anti air or to catch jump out of shield. Like you don't know that until it happens on your screen or if you experience it, which is, I know this is something that has talks about a lot in terms of critiquing newer commentators, but it's like, you can study the game all you want, but if you don't play the game and if you've never entered tournaments, you don't even necessarily have to be PR'd in your region or whatever. But if you've only gone to tournaments for three months and you've competed for three months, you probably don't know how it feels like to play up against a top player or like someone that's seated higher than you or have a lead against someone that's seated higher than you or PGR'd and like have the lights glow up like how Spargo uh, at main stage was up a stock and you could see his face like light up as if he already won. And I think most of, if not all the top level commentators have literally <laughs> experienced that, right? So you, mm-hmm. there's things out of the game that you experience by competing and putting yourself out there, putting your ego on the line, right? And putting your practice and all your hard work on the line at a tournament. And you get to go through these emotional experiences, not just in the game, but outside of the game. And you can relay that to the audience, right? So I think, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like a lot of people want to skip that part. They want to yeah. skip the part where they compete and actually give a shit and really put their ego on the line instead of just being like going to bracket. Well, I'm just a commentator. I don't give a fuck. Like, no, go into the tournament, really give a shit and put like try your ass off. You know what I mean? I, and I, I, I think you can't. It, there's so many things that there's going to be a huge missing link if you don't go through that process, at least in Smash, because in Smash, all the top level commentators have competed at one point in their life and were probably pretty fucking good at the game. Right at one of the Smash games they've competed mm-hmm. in, or if not multiple Smash games, even in the FGC. don't do that. There's yeah, and and FGC as well, right? There's a lot of correlations to that. So it's like th- there's going to be a missing link, right? Think yeah. of think of the number one guy you guys mentioned, Yipes, bro. That's a, that's an evil finalist in multiple games. Like it's a Marvel he's not two just, god, literally not, god of Marvel two. Like he's like not one just of the top he, five players of Marvel two. He's insane. obviously hilarious and super important to the culture, but a part of the reason why he got to that place is because he's a really really good player. They also lucked out that he's also like the funniest fucking guy ever. Like it just really worked out well um, that that's the way it was. But I I do agree. We actually there's like a joke between a lot of the commentators where it's like all right it's time to cast, but we like got to get one more friendly in. We call him player first after. I don't know if people know this joke. Yeah, like, play- it's after, <laughs> oh, like Charles, first. like me or Charles won't get up the setup. Like we keep playing against like like pair like light or someone. Hey, uh, player first has come on. You got to start casting. Come on, get up the setup. <laughs> like damn, I want to play, dude. I want to play. And I think, um, like you said, I think some people or, or some casters get into it to hear themselves talk or make jokes, and that's all fine and good. But I think 
your heart's got to be in the right place. That's the number one thing I always look for in casters. Like, do you actually give a fuck what's happening on the screen right now? And are you telling me why this is important and why this matters? Doesn't have to be super succinct or doesn't have to be perfect. But if that raw substance is there, that's what I care about for like new casters. I, I think um, that, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on <laughs> Go off, man. Uh, uh, on the, the caster the time to do it. Uh, meta right now. But yeah, I think I can definitely agree that I feel like if you're going to skip that part of, you know, entering tournaments, even, you know, trying to play the game or even trying to understand it on, on a player level, um, it's going to it's going to show in your casting. Like, uh, I think you know, I yeah. think if you don't, especially if you don't like, if you don't like the game. Um, that's one thing. I don't even know why, why would you want to cast, uh, the game if you don't, you don't like it. And two, like, if you're not going to play the game, that's definitely going to, um, that's going to show what you're casting too. So, uh, I may not play online, but like, I I don't think I've ever went to a tournament and not played, um, whatever the main game is there. So, you know, even if I'm like getting washed and friendly, I'm still going to mess around. I actually entered Genesis, not this Genesis, but the last Genesis. I was the last tournament I entered. And, um, I, you know, I had not practiced before that at all. And so, but it was nice to get back into that, like, tournament, uh, you know, that feel, like, in your chest and, like, your your head and stuff, get back into the mindset. And I almost went 0-2. I ended up, like, uh, going, almost making out of pool. I lost a two me brawlers. I'm really upset about that, but. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, but the, so the first, like, I almost went 0-2 because I ended up playing some Mithra or some Pyromithra and Losers. And for some reason, like, I just threw away some stock. And it was, like, a super, super, like, healthy stock. And I was like, all right. So I had to buckle down. It was, like, last stock, last hit situation. And then some guy pulled up, and he had his hitbox. And he pulled, he pulled, <laughs> he started playing Kazia. And I was like, oh, it's over for me. This guy's playing on hitbox. He missed his first electric. And I was like, oh, it's over for you. Like, <laughs> you got an electric on a hitbox? Yeah. What's going on? And I'm that like, poor guy right now, things... by the way. Huh? That poor guy right now, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, I, went, I, I went an entire year without getting made fun of for this. But but I was like, you know what? These are things that like I would only feel as a player. You know what I mean? Like now if I yeah. if I see somebody pick up a hitbox and they're on stream and they miss an electric, I'm like, I bet you that other guy right now is probably like, thank God. <laughs> yep. I, think that's, I think that's such an important thing for the culture right like because what the fuck are you talking about if you're not putting yourself in the shoes of these players and how are you doing that if you haven't been there at least semi-recently it reminds me i don't remember this gavin but a couple of months ago you were rotating with jude and i asked to hop in online and we were playing in jackal and jackal at one point goes like like no offense has because we were playing it was like fun good sets and all that stuff he goes no offense but like why do you want to play like you don't really enter brackets anymore and stuff I'm like dude that's how i stay sharp like that's how i study common like this this yeah. helps me with everything like playing especially really good players like when it's really good players and even if you're not a good player there's so much to learn from what a good player does to your bad habits and to what how they respond to your counterplay or, or how they do anything man like when I prep for commentary, it's either a combo of watching it's uh, watching VODs of whoever I think is going to make it to the top eight, or if I know the bracket, I'm going to watch VODs for, there's this really good Greninja who has to play against Leo. What's the last Greninja he played? And I'll watch whatever. Maybe play Tarek or something. I'll watch that set, and I'll see what he does. And then I'll say that in the commentary. That's it. And I play. I have to play, just like with yeah. TK. I have to play, or, or like, what's the point? And something you said too, TK, that drives me nuts, is if you don't like the game, and this kind of... This applies to top players too. If you don't like the game, you're frustrated with the game. I don't I don't know what good it does to openly bitch about it, especially if you're on commentary. Like it doesn't help. I'm a viewer and I'm like, I want to watch some ultimate. I get on and there's some casters talking shit about how boring Steve is. Okay, yeah, great. That's true. But like openly complaining about it just hurts, man. Like it's just not good. 
Um, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not completely innocent of never doing that. I'm not saying yeah. I am. I'm sure that's happened before, <laughs> but I think yeah, it's just it's, something that everyone should think of. It's like one of those things though, like where it's, it's bound to happen, you know, but like, if that's your style, like your overarching, like when people think of you, they think of like, oh, that's the negative guy. Then you're definitely doing something, you know, yeah. Wrong. <laughs> I was I was going to say too. You want to bring more viewership to your game. Mm-hmm. Like like I I also think some people just don't even understand the base job of a caster, you know. Yeah, I was going to say well a lot of us watch Tekken this weekend. Like what if you were tuning in? Like I'm I'm very casual in Tekken, but I love it. I like I love watching it. And part of that's the culture, like a part of that's like Steve and Harada, like the whole like everyone involved in Tekken, like it's just so cool. And there are even things that they did. I'm like, why don't we do this more? Like all this shit is so cool. And none of them were like Oh yeah, another Noctis. What a bitch ass character. Like we should ban him. Cause I'd be like, Are you serious? Like what the heck? Like what am I listening to right now? Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> really? Is that where we're at? Like, just none of that. I think, by the way, all the casters should enter Genesis this year and should play. Maybe not Charles, but everyone else should wait, actually, Charles, you've been playing Game of Watch. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Right now. yeah. You know about Game of Watch, Charles? He plays Game of Watch a lot. Well, me and Ross because Gamer wanted to reverse main me, and I was like, that sounds like the freest reverse main ever. <laughs> he was like, no, Fox is broken. You just run away. And I was like, all right. Have it, you played it, it Game of Watch in Bracket? Set 5, Game 5. It did go Set 5, Game 5. Have I ever played Game Watch in Bracket? No. I mean, it seems pretty difficult. I don't know if I could do it. Like, you're going to pick Fox. You, it's a, you're guaranteed to pick Fox. If you sat down at Genesis and... If I'm playing you, for my life... I'm picking Fox. Genesis yeah. too. Like we should enter. We should enter. We should enter. The name of the tournament, bro. Like yeah, you're gonna game. Like, well, you were at Genesis three, Charles. Like you, I was at Genesis. Golly, playing Fox yeah. then. So yeah, I, I think I would have entered if I. But I think I'm, I'm trying to accommodate like five games there. So, uh, <laughs> probably don't have as much time. You know, if there's like, yeah, Grand Blue. Yeah, I'm trying to. Well, that was the one I asked for the second most. It was obviously Smash. I told him I'd do a block and melee if it's with like Vish or uh, I don't know if Chillin is back to commentary yet, but like Vish is like my guy and Toph. So I want to like work with uh, them if I do that. And then there was Street Fighter there. There's Rivals there. Could do Nasby if I needed to. Um, and so I was just like, I want to, I'm trying to work. You know, that's one of the things that like I, I really like is that like when I do go to tournaments, I want to work like I I don't need to be on like, uh, you know, eight hours a day, but I definitely want to be on more than two. It's it sucks because competing. I mean, I I remember (laughs) I mainly stopped competing when I started taking coaching more seriously because it's like I was coaching void. I was coaching. And then after void, I was coaching tweak. Right. And then I'm commentating and then trying to compete while I'm also doing the other two things. And I want to hang out friends. It's like literally impossible. You don't, you don't have enough time in the day. And there's a lot of times where even if you commentate, if you make it out of your pool and you have a block and they, they make the commentary blocks, assuming you're not going to get out of pools because (laughs) I mean, it's not a shot to you or anything, but they're not trying to revolve their commentary schedule around you making it far in bracket like if you get out of pools and you have a block you just gotta go not compete and you lose like that sucks yeah i I think that was and i think all of us have experienced that at some point where it's like you go to an event to commentate you're like you have me to bracket and then it's like you make it further than they expect and it's like well now you gotta i don't know i always felt like at some point i had to make a decision and i always just like casting was more consistent like i i could always have a good time casting if i prepared for it and like made it my sole focus Playing was a whole different story. Like, who the fuck knows if I'm going to play well that weekend or if my bracket's good or well, you're competing anything against like that. other people that either... Yeah. So it's like other top players have like either coaches or friends that are preparing for them. 
right? So it's like, okay, so, and then you're preparing to commentate. So you're like studying VODs that have nothing to do with your character, just the top players that are potentially going to be in whatever. All that time you're spending to prepare for commentary or if like in my situation, if, I've, if I'm preparing for someone else and I don't even have time to prepare for myself in the competition, it's like, it, it, it's like this weird underlying thing when you get so far in the Smash community in terms of responsibilities when you go to a tournament. Are you are you really going to half-ass competing? Because right. I like to me, that's the thing that frustrated me the most where it's like, I mean, this sounds egotistical, but like in I have faith in my ability to play the game when I put my all into it, right? And if I barely played because I was doing all these other obligations and I sit down and I play someone... I, I counted it like it feels like half and half where I'm making excuses, but it's like, man, if I practice like an hour a day or it instead of going to the gym for an hour a day, if I just played Smash instead, I would have smoked this dude in tournament. Like I missed this. I missed that. I didn't like reactionary tech chase on this situation. Like I would have two stock three to two to three stock this person. But instead, I'm in this spot because I'm prioritizing other things like commentating the tournament or, you know, coaching this, this or this or preparing or doing content, right? Like we we've been doing like tweak talk content or other back when I was on Beast Coast doing content there. Like there there's times where you go to tournaments and you're so busy just doing other stuff. Even like TK was talking about commentating other tournaments, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, dang, do you even have time to go to pools? If you're doing a Nazi block, a Tekken block, a Street Fighter block, your Smash blocks, like it's it's impossible at a certain point, right? So it it sucks because I love competing, but as you get, if you get more responsibilities and you kind of climb the ladder in other departments at a tournament, you just have more responsibilities and it sucks. Yeah. And those it's Long awesome. Islands aren't going to drink themselves up. You it's know also what I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know, there's something... <laughs> There's something always funny about like having to DQ yourself or bracket for commentary because I, I, you know, I could have went crazy, but you yep. know. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, top one twenty eight. Oh, I got a cast. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, Could have been yeah. a top eight, but you, know. you end up on a. Have you, you ever known? Yeah. yeah. Did you ha have you ever been in a situation where you know you can't like you're in your finals pool match and you know you're commentating your next block, and then you're like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna play it out. You beat the person, but you don't give them the win. You just beat and then DQ yourself. You ever do yeah. that, done that? Man, you should have. Yeah. Man, we had this guy, our friend Malcolm. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm fucking talking That's about. Right, you gotta turn that shit. Malcolm would beat you, but then he would let you go on. Like that's that was the crazy. He would like just play the back. Yeah, no, that's know. soft. I just want to know I could do it right there. That's that's I just want to know I could do but it. But the thing is, though, I feel like I would feel more defeated knowing that the guy yeah. who, like he beat me and then was like, "But you could have it." Like, There's what's no the point of going on? What's the point? No, no that's worse. I'd rather just lose. I DQ yeah. myself out of out of self respect yeah. at that point. I would nope. report whatever like happened. Like I just I wouldn't take the free win. I I would not do that to Charles. Is what I would say. I would not do that to Charles. I made it out of pools and melee at an Evo, but I had to play like the actual Smash Four bracket, and I, I was like, "All right, I'm out." Like I'm just, I'm not, I'm not playing okay. melee. Sorry. Thank you, uh, Luigi. Yeah, but Luigi. something I wanted to say a while back. This is a little off topic, but I just thought of something so funny when TK was talking about the box Kazuya thing. But first, I wanted to say something that I respect a lot about Has. Sadly, I'm giving Has a compliment, but. Um, True. Nice. Throughout the weekend, <laughs> like every big Smash event, like every event that we're at together, he will take like an over an hour out of his day to go back to his room and like fully prepare notes for like every projected match that's going to happen, especially like top eight, top 16, like the head to heads. He'll ask me about all the matchups. He'll ask me about my matches. 
and I, that's always just been really, uh, really cool. But something, and you even mentioned uh, Jackal has. So I think this joke comes from Jackal. But he, he, he always tells this perspective when he's fighting like a Kazia. Um, like the match starts, and it's like, okay, this is definitely winnable. Like you're just seeing how they move and play the game. It's like, okay, I'm definitely gonna win this. And then they hit you, and he'll be like, I'll just turn. And all of a sudden, it's riddles next to me. Like as soon as they connect the first hit, transforming the riddles. Yeah, it's like, like an electric. Yeah, it's Michael. As Kim. soon as the electric connects, it's like what just happened. Like turn around, it's like riddles in like oversized clothes, like the other person's like outfit. Like, like, like they automatically transform into riddles. And like if if anyone knows Jackal, like the way he talks about stuff like this is so funny. Like I will all like anytime I play against Kazia. Like I'll always think about that. Like it's going so great. They hit you once. They are riddles. Like yeah. they they have officially turned into riddles. <laughs> I just couldn't help but like not. It was like twenty minutes ago at this point, but I've been thinking about that whole time. Honestly, I was also thinking about something at from that same exact moment, which is actually crazy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> one thing that I liked uh, about all of you still entering brackets is that the meta changes over time, right? And Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to experience it through the screen, like through watching, like, wait a second, where did Palutena go, right? Like, you notice it, but you don't understand it until you experience it. Like, bro, why are people complaining about Game of Watch? When I played a year and a half ago, Game of Watch wasn't even a character. And suddenly, like, you're playing and you're like, what? What? I can't. (laughs) I can't do anything. Like I, you just get it one tapped over and over. You can't hit a shield, and then you just you get hit by Nair and you take infinite. But that wasn't happening, you know. So like people were like, "Bro, I thought you just like avoided the smash attacks and you win." No, that's what used to happen, but now it's much different. <laughs> so I think like getting that feeling of meta changes through playing is is much uh, is much better than just yeah. being like, "Well, I'm a commentator. Like I've seen it. I've seen the changes." But when you enter and you get that feeling of Oh snap! This dude can electric. Oh, he can electric. Or like they land the first grab, like that Kazuya grabs you, and then he misses the electric. You're like, <laughs> yes, like, like it's it, we're locked in. We're all chilling. confidence right. restored. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're good. Like we're good. Even if they're just doing two hit conversions, like I I, I remember I competed a little bit when like Steve and Kazuya were out. Like Kazuya's would just piss me off because it's like you don't even have to do the zero to death. You don't even have to be riddled. You just <laughs> do electric into one aerial and that's 40 damage like 40 to 50 damage like you do yep. you hit someone in neutral with three electrics you can be dog shit at the game and you can still kill them so yep. i mean and that's something you only experience going into tournaments and fighting lower level causes right like you can watch riddles all day long but knowing and understanding the power levels and the power dynamics of uh, characters that's why steve is so strong because the floor is extremely low it's not that crazy to make a block wall and spam back air and up tilt. It's like the floor is extremely low, but the ceiling is also really high when they start doing nails and stuff too. So understanding the floor will help you a lot when you're commentating pools and stuff like that. And that is notoriously the hardest parts of a tournament to commentate because you're, you're commentating people that aren't as good as like the top (coughs) 50 or top hundred players in the game. Right. But you're trying to make it very exciting and engaging. So, yeah. For me, the the floor is important too, because or the ceiling is important as well. Well, the floor is important because then you understand the ceiling better. Like when I watch yeah. other Diddy's play who aren't Gavin, I see all these things that they should be doing and they're just not. You know what I mean? And not that you want to call that out on commentary, but it's something to note. Like, all right, well maybe if he had stronger conversions, that stock wouldn't have lasted as long. Or he went for down tilt when it wouldn't true confirm into up smash, but he went for the up smash anyway, right? Like just all these things that the 
lower level players or not as good as the top, top, top level players have and things you notice, like it's just, it makes you sound more well-rounded as a caster. Like things that like, it goes back to that Jackal joke where it's like, yeah, anyone on hit could be as good as Riddles, but what makes him so good, right? Like what makes him so good? And then you can give Riddles the credit he deserves when he gets up there. Like his neutral so good. His recoveries are insane. He mixes them up better than anyone else. Like all this stuff, like, it's just like a process of elimination. Like if you know what the bad ones do, then it's pretty easy to figure out what the good ones do and vice versa, right? Especially the other way. Like if you see what the good ones are doing, then you watch a bad one, you're like, all right, never mind. Like you kind of know what's going on here. But that's one part of it. The other part is feeling and understanding it. And the way TK said it, I agree with Marcus. You don't give yourself enough credit because just like watching Tekken or just like watching Marvel or any of those other things, Smash commentary and Smash in general, the culture around it is so important to its success as an esport, especially Smash since it's grassroots. Like the culture around it is the scene. And I think that's why Melee has done so well for so long. They have a rock solid culture around their game, a love for the game, a love for a certain play style, a love for certain characters, like all this stuff. And they really lock that shit in like really well. And that's the thing with alt that drives me insane back to what I was saying before is like people openly hate on all, all the, all the time, which I get it. I understand. Like it's it, things get frustrating. There are a ton of care, whatever. I, I totally get it. And I'm not saying people aren't valid for doing that, mm-hmm. but I'm saying in, in a game or in a scene where your viewership and everything else is based on the culture that you have. I think it's really important to think, to think about that um, as you're casting and as you're playing too, it goes to our top players too. Like, as you say things like not that you can't vent, but like always think of, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. Like there's always ways, ways to do things is how I feel. So it's important, man. That's all. Yeah, and even you made a tweet. Oh, my bad. You made a tweet recently about coaching. <coughs> <clears throat> and I just want to say you're spitting. Where did coaching yep. go, bro? Like what happened? Like, what, like I, I can't even remember what truly occurred to like for us to get rid of Midset. I think it's because some people have professional coaches and some people they would just be get, getting coached by like their friends or something like that. And I guess they thought that was unfair. Or some people, I remember some people's argument was like, uh, well, if they can't figure it out themselves, like then they shouldn't be up there. Like they deserve to lose. But like I don't know. I've I've seen I've watched so many different sports and. I've seen so many different games at the highest level. Like everyone has a like, there's coaches everywhere. Like even when you're like an amateur, like let's say you're an amateur boxer, like you have a coach. Like yeah, like I don't I don't get it. Like for your whole life, like you could be a a two year old doing or not a two, but like a ten year old doing like AAU basketball or something. Like you, you, I don't get it. Like what? Like I don't know. There was a lot of dumbass pride takes that i really wish we it's i i don't want to call him a melee take but like nine times out of ten it was a melee player when i looked um and it's just i don't understand like what's the what's the we're, we're talking about these unfair advantages if someone tells me like something it is still up to me to have to apply that so like you know if if i lose first game and you say hey man he's rolling a lot from the ledge right you should be looking out for that and i am looking out for that now but i'm not actually punishing it then i just have more information that i'm still not using which i think is one of the things that people just think that coaching means you get a like an automatic win and that's not true like the coaching part is great can you apply what the coach is telling you uh is the part that really matters in that whole equation and i thought about this too in in multiple aspects when i uh when like spargo had won the summit and he was like 
oh yeah, man, I have to you know give a shout out to Mutual King because like he was my coach. And I thought about it, and I was like, me and Mutual King do not see the co- the game the same way. So like, if Mutual King was my coach, I couldn't apply shit he probably said to me. But yeah. uh, but Mutual King was um, you know Spargo's coach, and obviously they see the game well enough to uh, where they can uh, do that. So I think that like just having a coach doesn't automatically mean a, uh, a you automatically win. I think it's a great resource. I think that uh, if you don't have a you know a professional coach. Use your friends. I Someone actually said that they were like, I think that was one of my replies to someone. They were like, I think a lot of people are saying that, like, it's unfair to the people who don't have coaches. Make more friends, bro. Like, <laughs> I was Marcus's coach for some time. What you I have was about to mention. <laughs> yeah. I was about to and you were the best coach I've ever had. Yeah. I was going to say, when I was playing PM and, like, I was really out there, like, one of the best PM players, TK was my coach. Like, And it, it was, like, the weirdest thing because he didn't really tell me much. He just would tell me if I, like, if my – my mindset was like in a certain way, like like yeah. bro, like you're just doing this too much, or like you feel like like calm down, or like something like that, right? Like something yeah. really, really simple most of the time. But it wasn't like I had some like hired dude who's been studying for like their entire life. Like yeah, man, I'm a smash like savant. I know everything. Like I do all the research. No, I was just I was just my boy. Like and you just, yeah. Sometimes people just know stuff. Yeah, sometimes people just know the right thing to say to you to, like, yeah. get something to make it click, you know? Um, and I think, bringing it back to the culture, I think coaching is amazing for the culture. I mean, look at the, the NFL playoffs right now. All the – my entire timeline is, like, which coach is going to get fired? Who's hiring a new coach? Who's doing, who's doing all this stuff? Like, the dramatics of it, bro, are right there. I mean, the HBox SFAT moment. Leo getting – remember Leo in the crew battle? He was getting coached against all of USA uh, in Smash 4 legendary like legendary moment for leo right like made his career if we didn't allow coaching that would have never happened like that was like a a huge moment in leo's career truly and it's just like i think come on man like let's let it back man i mean we got metify what the hell like gavin's a gavin's a player how do how does a player feel about it well first thing i want to say is i really like what tk said about like if the views don't match like like I just didn't really think about that. Like y'all know it. If someone tried to coach me and I like and we weren't like eye to eye, I'd be like, get away from me, right? Like, <laughs> like it's like top I'm like playing Spargo or something. Like, yo, like I'll do this myself. Like I don't want to hear what you have to say. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. what is like, saying? Like I am very stubborn and also like see the game in a specific way. So. Yeah. Like, and I, I think I think one of the things, too, is that like a lot of people, when they think a coach, they think that like someone's going to walk up there with like, you know, yeah. like a whiteboard and a lesson plan and like three laptops. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, like real, real shit. Some of the times like when Mark and, and when we cross over Smash 4, uh, some of the times when he was like in a, like a top eight and I had mentioned something, it would be something as simple as, hey, man, watch the way that you're. Uh, AB came from the ledge. Like I think you're getting caught doing a lot. Of, you know, think about a different yeah. ledge option. And that was it. I would just get off the stage and then would and then next thing you know, like his gameplay has changed in one aspect. Everything else you're doing, I don't need to tell you about nothing else. I feel like, you know, this is just standard Smash stuff, but I've noticed from what I was watching that you may have been getting punished a lot in this area. And that's it. You know that's what I mean? It. But, like, sometimes people just think, you. I walked up there and I'm like, yo, by the way, this is 400 frames and um, all time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not crazy. Someone should walk up with a whiteboard, though. That would be <laughs> fucking hilarious. Like, that's what I'm talking Like, a water bottle, you know, like a Gatorade. Whistle, like, yeah. A whistle. Bro, that would be amazing. <laughs> a whistle. <laughs> Coach's not a referee. What I think heck? that would kill me. Like, he comes in, like, with the squirt water so bottle, too. He's like, right, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> squirt his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Bro, the that's what We are hurting ourselves. And not for nothing, tech and coaching. They had coaching and it was great, man. And what it's going to do is make the gameplay better too. It's going to make the yeah. gameplay better. Not, oops, you're making one mistake. So you get to send for fucking losers. Like you said, the ABK thing. I think, I, dude, yeah. I Go think ahead. one of the things that for, for this game specifically though, and this is one of the only good points that I saw against coaching is that Smash is a long game. And, say, yeah. and like, so whilst that... It's true, and I think that would, one, you know, if people are trying to use coaches and, and pools and whatnot, it could be a lot. So I think that maybe it doesn't need to be, like, in every open bracket, but specifically for, like, an invitational-style event, you should definitely be allowed to be coached. Or anything that, like, you know, something where, like, the top 32, and, uh, like, everything's getting played or something like that, or it's just there's enough time to allow it. And then, yeah, time limit, you know? You walk up there, you have 30 seconds to talk, talk to your coach, and then we keep it moving. Um, but... Yeah, I think, you know, I can definitely understand not wanting to do it for the full, the entirety of the bracket. But even in on the FGC, like, I feel like when there is uh, coaching, nine times out of ten, it really is just something very quick. Like, hey, man, you know, watch the way you're jumping. Uh, you're getting anti-aired a lot. And then, oh, yeah, you're right. And then, boom. That's I don't even feel like that's, that was just like <laughs> general advice for anybody in the game. Stop jumping yeah. so much. Yeah, Easy bro. solution. Just put a timer on it. You get 20 seconds to coach. Then it can't be that whiteboard situation. Enough for... Mm -hmm. You know, one one sip of Gatorade and just stop jumping from the ledge and that's it or whatever. There you go. I'm gonna make Done. that whiteboard situation. Now. I'm gonna be in, in the like crowd that. already, like during, like with the notes. When I when I enter Genesis, if I get on stream, TK, you better be there. Okay, you better be ready. That's good. Sunglasses on, visor. I want everything. Oh yeah. Something um, I wanted to mention was Marcus would give me advice at like I would say at some points he was actually coaching, but Marcus was always around like over the years when I was at tournaments. So he always notices, like, like y'all were saying, like the differences in mindset, and like he had actual red flags that he would mention to me before I played, because usually when I'm playing, I don't ask anyone any questions. I don't even play that many friendlies. I just go up there and play. But if I was nervous and not sure what to do, I'd start asking like, "Oh, what stage should I ban? Where should I go?" And Mark's like, bro, once you start asking these stage questions, you always lose. <laughs> and, and so, like, there's little things set up to the point where we've had so much experience over the years that it's so much easier to talk to, to him when I'm at an event because, I, like, the foundation's already set up. Like, we can get just right to what's important. And that's always been really cool. Like, I'll be like, okay, like, just get right into something pretty vague and weird. Like I don't even, you know what I mean? But yeah, the people who know me well, like they just know like what's, what's a good sign. What's a bad sign, blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah. it's, it's been really interesting. It's been interesting to see you as a player just in general. Cause I think there was times like there's, you know, you have the, the virgin thing that you're doing uh, the with, you know, virgin six version, you know, three, four, five. But <laughs> I remember, there was like a specific moment where I felt like I just understood you as a player in your mindset fully. Uh, it was, I don't know if this is a, a summit or something, but I remember you were playing Wolf and uh, I was like, I, I started mentioning this. I was like, there's something about Tweak's gameplay where I feel like he's making the right decision, but he just won't pull the trigger on it. And you, this guy got up from the ledge. I don't remember who it was. He got up, you turned around, he rolled directly to where he needed to be. <laughs> and you didn't up tilt, and I was like so mad. <laughs> I was like on commentary, yeah. like trying to hold it in. And I was like, dude, I think I actually understand him as a player. Like, I know when you're on, and I know when you're off. Uh, now, but when you're on, it's like you're you're easily one of my, like, if not my favorite player to watch. 
when you're off, it's just like, bro, that shit hurts, man. It's it can be it can be tough. It can be tough. I'm just like, because it's the same thing that he that it's funny. TK used to tell me this exact same thing. He would always say, "You know what they're gonna do. You're just not doing anything about it." And and that's what I I see when I watch you. Like I watch you play, and I'm like, Gavin, like this person. It's it's always for me. It's the ledge jump. When they start getting away with the ledge jumps, I'm like, you have seen this person ledge jump six times in a row. Like, I don't get it. Like, just hit it one time. Please, just hit it one <laughs> time. Like, you know it's going to happen. And you're just not. So when I see you hitting certain things, I'm like, pack it up. It's GG's. So. <laughs> it's, it's funny you guys talk about the confidence thing with Gavin. And I think we all have, like, in a way, and Marcus, obviously, more player or coach eye or whatever you want to call it. But caster eye is a real thing for sure. And I think that's why you're good at what you did, TK, 100%. Because it wouldn't be like Bayonetta's uh, double up B side B is not true on this character, like, to Marcus. and be like, stop jumping from the ledge, bro. You're doing it a thousand times. Because when you're yeah. a caster, you're honed in to look for those things so you can talk about them later and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which is super true. The one for me with Gavin... When you start up smashing, like just yellow up smashing, I'm like, fuck yeah, we're in there. He's feeling it. <laughs> Once you start anti-air up smashing, just on the ground, run up, up smash. How you beat Tilde? Up smash. Fuck it. Up smash again. I was like, yeah, we're, all right, we're good. We're good to go. It's going to be a good tournament. When you just start doing it, and it's working, obviously, yeah. but I'm just like, even if it doesn't work, I'm like, fuck it. He's playing confidently. Yep. That's cool. Mm-hmm. He's seen something here. That's good. I think we've talked about it on the show, but something that was interesting with Charles is Charles has coached so many different people, and even when he was coaching me, we would just talk about his other experiences or just like small, like little tidbits he had with other top players. He'd say like, Oh, I was talking with Leo at like an Evo and I mentioned this to him and he did it his next match on stream. And, you know, we were talking about like, you know, the difference between, you know, getting told something and actually like using that effectively and all that. So that was always something that was very interesting, especially if you see eye to eye with someone like oftentimes Charles would tell me something and, and I would also just be able to do it the next game. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I think when you're in sync and you're able to like, you know, that's what makes coaching really interesting and really effective, but it's, it's, you have to, I guess, have the setup to get it to work. Cause it's not just going to be an easy win. Like TK was saying, mm-hmm. if anything, like I could see a lot of situations where I would rather no one speak to me at all. So it also y'all butt heads a lot oh yeah me and charles like not like fighting but like i mean i feel like i i disagree with people so often so yeah i mean i i don't think me and gavin i think we see the game in a pretty similar way um in terms of like the player i coached that was almost one-to-one in terms of my ideals were probably was probably void but that i think that was the fun thing for me to work with gavin because it's like we don't see everything specifically eye to eye so there's a lot of things that i have to bring in where i'm like when i first started coaching gavin i was like please spot dodge please get up attack these are very like on paper strong options that are very very good there's a there's a reason why people does mash spot dodge into like you know it's scrubby it's like the dumb bullshit ultimate thing to do but and i I didn't say it had to be a backbone of his gameplay but then gavin would be like but that's like scrubby or that's like (laughs) and i'm like i'm like bro you can always get away with one get up attack every set at least one like yeah he told me do one he told me i was like just do one and just see when it works because you can definitely get away with it you know what i mean so that was a big thing and i mean that that's why for me 
it's weird because I might have stuck with coaching or coaching might become more of an actual career path within Smash or within any esports if there's mid-set coaching, right? Because then you're bringing more value to the table. Now teams might be more motivated to have a coach because now it's directly, it's affecting their uh, the players' results maybe more directly because it's mid-set coaching. And I've had experiences with players where I tell them something and they are so talented or so good at the game that they instantly apply it. So that's why... It, it might feel a bit weird, but I'm actually against it just because of like I've firsthand seen the strength of it. And it's like, for me, I always cater my political smash decisions based off of someone first coming into their tournament, their first time experience the tournament, right? I prioritize growing the community over um, catering to the top level of the community. And because I do this because I want Smash to eventually grow to be a sustainable ecosystem. I value that more than like, oh, well, players want DSR, one plus three, this, this, <laughs> that. So like when someone comes into a tournament for the first time and they look at the rule set paper, they're like, Jesus fucking Christ, what is this? Like a fucking algebra equation? I want it to be a simple process, right? I don't want someone to walk up on their first tournament. They sit down, they play tweak. And then they get fucking three-stalked. And then right after, there's some dude sitting next to Tweak telling him how to three-stalk him even more. And then he's looking at the rule set. And it's like there's all these acronyms that he doesn't fucking understand. And it's an algebra equation for the rule set. And then after that first tournament match, they're probably going to be like, dude, what the fuck just happened to me? Like, that was kind of legendary. Kind of legendary for your first tournament, though. Yes, that was uh, kind of funny. It's kind of legendary. Like, I, I, and that player was MK Leo. You know, like, like right. turn it into a success. Story, I, I, I love viewing this as like a boxing match where like the professional is fighting an amateur, and the amateur like you know finishes the first round, and there's like chair a chair and water as they're but as they get closer to it, they like take it from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The top player has like a like a throne and like water and like a massage. <laughs> right. After like decimating them, like yeah, I'd also well. What about rewarding people for being around or doing well? That's not a thing. Yeah, I'm just well, joking. Honestly, I don't even know what the play is, but like it's a hard choice because it depends on what you're catering to, right? Like I want to see the game played at a higher level, but I also value really high. Like because if you if you have the argument of DSR, right? Like this is just I, I don't want to turn this into a DSR argument, but the the core argument for DSR is you get to see the game played at a higher level, quote unquote, or you get to see more skill expression because players have to know how to play on multiple stages. They can't just play on one stage the entire set if you play with DSR with no gentlemen's, right? So what is player skill? Is it knowing that I can up smash on a small battlefield, but I can't up smash on PS2? Do you guys consider that skill? Like, do you, how many knowledge checks do you want to happen in a top level match, right? Like, these are all subjective arguments, but it all really comes down to what you prioritize and what you think skill is and all this other stuff, right? So for me, I prioritize a very, a person's first experience at a Smash tournament. I want that to be like all the rule sets and all that stuff. I want that to be catered towards them because that's in my brain. What I think is that's how you grow the community. If you make that experience very fun and simple and easy to understand, the chances of them coming back to tournaments and being interested in Smash and viewing Smash, oh, that one extra view, maybe this person is now more interested in Smash. We need viewership to survive, right? I'm mm -hmm. thinking I prioritize the ecosystem. And I think, I think prioritizing the top player experience is also important, but I think the ecosystem is even more important because if we always cater towards top players or the competitors, there might not be an ecosystem and we might take a time machine straight back to fucking Brawl where we're fighting for pride 
and no money whatsoever. And I, I thought I'm the ball days were really fun, but don't get me wrong. I would like <laughs> to be a sustainable system. Gavin, uh, cover yours for this one. Yeah. Top I, players. I, I, go ahead. Don't always know what's best. Absolutely not. A thousand percent. This is a team effort. This is a community <laughs> effort. Where'd Marcus go? Oh, I was like, Marcus. he was like, <laughs> Gavin left. <laughs> Top players. He's like, oh, not for me. bro. <laughs> 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 Um, no i i think straight up like this is just i've been saying this forever is that like i just don't i never want to cater to any top player and i'm sorry like i just i feel like they a lot of them only care for the game but that is like there's more to the game than just what you put in the switch and like i think that like when you're when you stop catering toward you know a better viewer experience then not you're stealing money from your own pockets one uh, but you're stealing money from like just the the entire ecosystem of Smash. Like you, the only thing that matters to them is to a lot of top players is how much they can make from the tournament. But there's so much more you can do with yourself as a brand when there's more eyes uh, on the event and on you as a person. You can grow your YouTube. Like this is you know, Twitch is a good example. You can grow your YouTube. You can grow your uh, your Twitch. You can you know, you don't even have to be like. You don't even have to be like super, super like entertaining or like, you know, dropping jokes. Because I always said that there was like two ways to get really uh, successful on platforms. You're either really good or you're really funny or, you know what I mean? And if you're really good, obviously, as a top player, people are going to watch you because they want to learn how to get better. Um, and I think that there's just like a lot of times in this in this community where like the community will actively work against things that I think will attract more eyes and also generate more revenue. As Charles said, uh, debt more coaching or coaching gives more people jobs more people opportunities to show skills that they otherwise probably would not be able to uh to show i think a coach uh on commentary sometimes like that just doesn't work because i think the way that they want to present the information is not entertaining right and like that's totally fine you know what i mean but like to not allow coaching or not allow coaching me a thing uh is rough i think that uh there's stuff that we could do with the with the uh rule set that could generate more views because people wouldn't get fatigued from seeing the same stage and or character. Um, this is why I've like I've been wanting to, one of the things that Brawlhalla does that I really wish we would do is they have seasonal uh, sets or God, seasonal. That'd be so fucking hype! Yeah, we just so try we can out do like half the some year crazy shit. You know what I mean? But it's only for a season. Yeah. I don't know about. Well, I mean, just experimental rule sets that we can okay. try out seasonally. Send yeah, yeah. full tech and random stages. It's perfect. Uh, it's flawless. Yeah. yeah. Well, send I, that. Think about it. It's a perfect job. You lose. You're like, damn, I just got bad stages, dude. I would have won otherwise. Everyone everyone feels good. You're getting nothing but complaints. And you know how right. people are worse at the top players. So, like, <laughs> yeah. if they start complaining too much, then we we lose regardless. That's a, It's a, a very fickle line that we have to we have to keep the top players somewhat happy. And then we also have to keep the viewership happy. And then if the viewership is not happy, if the top players aren't happy, then it will slide down to the viewership. Uh, and if the viewership is not happy, then the top players will say tough shit. And no one cares right so i was thinking that we could do like half the year um hazards on half the year hazards off and that will bring back the dyna the stages such as smashville and town and city and you know even lilac i wouldn't use lilac but like just if you wanted to and then hazards off you could get rid of some of those stages we could still keep hallow bastion we could play warioware again bro man 
Cowboys. Y'all boys. Talking Incineroar for the Y'all boys. boys. Eve. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin looks like he has something to say as we're trashing top player opinions uh, relentlessly. Uh, it was honestly the coaching thing. I, um, I was thinking, just based on what everyone had to say, I think the coaching thing could work um, at least in like top eight. It's like, oh, once we're in top eight, I like that. I like. I can get that. Yeah, like it's probably like these players are probably could find the time if they don't have a coach already to get a coach for top eight Mm -hmm. Uh, or even top thirty two. But that helps a lot with the logistic parts. Yeah, something TK mentioned earlier, which I didn't um, reiterate, is the logistic part, right? Like if round one pools are having you know thirty seconds of coaching in between rounds, is there someone to make sure that it's thirty seconds, right? Like at every single pool, like in the pool captain time, all this. So logistically, it's just going to take more resources to keep track of this, and you are technically still adding you know, possibly a minute to a minute and a half per set, which does add up over the course of a three-day weekend, right? So if you have a specific cutoff, like, oh, top 64, or if you make it into bracket or top 32 or even top eight, where, right, right, right. Or like, it could be by day, right? If you make it to Sunday, it's top 32, uh, mid-set coaching is allowed. You have all this time to figure out who to declare as your coach and yada, yada, yada. And when there's less matches going on, because usually by the time it's like top 32, there's only one, like, one or two tables of the the pool tables where they have the competition going on at one time, right? It's like way less and people can crowd around and watch and stuff like that. So yeah, I like that idea. It's kind of like a in-between, a balance. Of the yeah, table. I think that's why TK mentioned the invitationals. So it, yeah. it, it, it makes sense. I simply, as, as far as open bracket though, I, I don't really feel like you need to have like anybody watching because I'll simply just snitch. The minute I see your coach come up, I'm starting, <laughs> I'm starting my timer. I'm like, oh, word? Let let that let that shit hit thirty one seconds. Hey, <laughs> I got your time. I was gonna say, GG's, you're you're cute. Sorry. Yeah. Let's not act rule, like man. top players aren't getting coached via text message anyway. Come on, like, let's, dude, let's, I've been thinking yeah. about this for so long. Okay, dude. let's I've just think about this. It is what it is. Oh, I got theories from like Smash Four sets years ago. Oh, I'm sure you're right. Oh, I'm sure you're right. That those earbuds were a fucking phone call. Bro. That's what I'm oh, for sure. Dude, I used to for say sure. that too. Like, why? He's gonna jump. I'm not gonna expose anyone. No. Like, why do I see? Why do? Why does it look like you're talking? I think. I think just also well, like it's because you know the the stream's not that far behind. So even if like someone was watching the stream and I was on the phone and you know you you can't like if I have my AirPods in and I'm like oh I just don't need the game time because I listen to my own music. How do you know? My yeah. phone's upside down, so, you know. I, I'm sure. I am positive, Charles TK. You've said something on commentary, and then instantly it happens. Like, yo, he's got to watch jump from the ledge, and then he covers jump from the ledge. You're like, fuck. Like, was that me? Like, uh, did I like, shit. like, uh, dude? I know you know that, and I know, Gavin. Can you hear? Like, have there been tournaments where you could hear Caster say shit? And just yes. the fact, like, has it has it affected you before? The, the, the most recent one was Watch the Throne, where it. It, I could hear it, but I couldn't tell what y'all were saying. But mm-hmm. most of the time, in situations like that, it's just clear because I don't use—I usually don't use headphones or AirPods. Raw, because um, I'm—I'm weird. I don't like uh, feeling like restricted. Like I don't know. I don't right, like. You, it. you won't I'm even do it for game audio. I'm using speakers like a boomer for this podcast right now. Um, yeah. So, will but, you sacrifice game sound just for comfort? Will you yeah. like which which what what trade? I don't care if it's Snake, bro. I don't give a fuck. That's um, wild. But I watched the throne. I did use headphones for a couple of matches just because of the environment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I so, sometimes, bro. I don't know. This is a. I, I think this you is a great what? topic. Like it's like, bro. There's been situations where I swear they're on the phone, bro. Oh, that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Bro, I was gonna say, okay. stop, stop bringing headphones at tournaments. If I cast top eights, you get free coaching, bro. I'll just shout yeah. it out, Big Gavin. It would be hard. This. That I, I think it would still be hard to play the Gavin, game. Banana up someone... Oh, he did it. Wait. I think he's coaching. <laughs> no, but I, I think it would be hard to play the game while someone's like backseat gaming unless they're very that... like they they might say like a couple words per game. I, yeah. I can't imagine trying to play the game and be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like he's yeah, doing this, 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 this approach is this. Like that's you're you're trying to intake so many information from so many sources, yeah. but like one line, like he's gonna jump, like could do a lot, right? So I, but I think there's yeah. specific things that you can say that it's like maybe one sentence or like you know a specific ledge option or you know that that could be super impactful, but not I mean, a whole. I don't, I don't think it's that hard, bro. There's there's three stocks in that game, and there's a lot of time you can sit on that platform. So you know how mad I'd be if my coach was wrong. I'm like I'm I'm sitting there in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, that neutral get up's coming for sure. And your coach is like, just in your earphones. Oh yeah, it's jump. And you're like. All right, man, I got it. Jump and you go for the jump rate, and then you should get up. I'm like, <laughs> my yeah, secret, I'm, hey, up. My I'm hitting Yeah, they pull up the phone. Oh, you must have not like that song wasn't hitting. Yeah, yeah, the song wasn't hitting. More like that coaching wasn't hitting. Bro, my, one of my secret fears on casting is if you can hear me, Gavin, and I say something and I'm like, like doing analysis, and you just disagree with me and it pisses you off. Like that has been like a secret fear I've had in my head for a while. Oh, like, bro. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Bro. Gavin's like that happens all the time with you. No, no, no. no with no. me, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a relatively By the way, we got to speak about your longevity on this podcast. Huh? I had a relatively recent set at a major, and it was like. I could, it wasn't even like the crowd, like it was, I could. Oh, I know which major it is too. I know what story you're about to. Stop, stop, stop. I could mostly hear the commentary and that's it. And um, I was getting mad at everything they said. It wasn't you, Has. It wasn't you. It was was not. Me and Cody, Um, Marcus's favorite. Oh boy, yes. But um, Yeah, and I I was mostly upset at myself for like why like I'm 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 getting like I'm not gonna letting play it well. affect you, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's hard. Like you just want to yell at him. Like shut up. Like, like oh. you're wrong. They're not like getting paid a million dollars to do this. Who cares if I agree with what they have to say or not? Hey, but, say like, that again though. Huh? Say that again about how much we're getting paid. I said they're not getting paid a million dollars. Thank you. True. Yeah. True. True. But if they were, I shouldn't expect them to be like perfect casters or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I personally have a gripe with um, when a caster like disagrees disagrees with the decision and and like that's their main conversation point. Like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Like, see, I've, or, you, or my my other one that I might dislike even more is like, yeah, look at his face, bro. Like, oh, he's mad. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like, bro, I'm about to now. I'm mad. <laughs> like now, I am mad. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, there's definitely some situations in in the game where like you have made an absolute grave error that should not be made by anybody, and like I think, and like if you, you know. Try oh, to read like though. someone's ledge get with like Falcon Punch. I would be like, all right, yeah, I wouldn't. I think, <laughs> don't think I would have done that either. <laughs> but normally, it'll, normally, it'll yeah, I like think I hate when people situation like, where it's like, oh, he shouldn't have landed on the platform. He shouldn't though. have monkey flipped right yeah. there. Like, like it's like, 
Bro, I, I, I'm getting hit a million times. Like we're 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 all guessing in this situation. Like, like what it, do you it's, want? It's more like hindsight or Monday morning quarterback, where it's like, yeah. oh, he shouldn't have done that. It's like, oh, yeah, obviously after the well, fact, he shouldn't have get him attacked. It's like, well, okay. and like better commentary is like desperately trying to get out of the situation. Tweet doing anything he can, like rather than like he that's bad. It's like okay, like. Come on, or man. I hate when commentators will be like, well, I would have done this. It's like, oh, so you're trying to prop up your own <laughs> gameplay by saying the play that you know would have worked after seeing that. So we don't <laughs> even know if you're lying. Like, it's so insane. Yeah. Like, I, And I've worked with commentators that will literally turn it about their – like, I'm commentating like a local or something, and they're, they'll start talking about, like, their bracket. Like, oh, dude, like, da-da-da, and it'll remind them about something that happened earlier. In bra- and it, to me, I feel like this is a topic I wanted to talk about, just like what – what is the main job of commentary? And I feel like a lot of commentators might not even know that or subconsciously uh, deviate from that, right? You are trying to make the match entertaining for the viewer. I'm not trying to, like, I'm, I'm not, and this is something I used to do back in, like, Smash 4, but sometimes I'll think I'll be like, okay, well, I'm commentating this top player. If they watch the VOD back, I don't want them to get mad at me for what I say. But that's not, that is not yep. the priority. I don't give a fuck what they think I, i'm trying to entertain the viewers right that is my main job and that's why i even started deviating from like saying a bunch of frame data because i came from like a coaching background and i competed a lot i started to go away from that because it's like the way and this is something i think tk does flawlessly is he can break down something that's analytical but doesn't it it doesn't seem analytical because he's not bringing like a bunch of frame data or something like that but he's like this is safe. Like he, he's breaking down these situations, but he's making it very digestible. And I think that's what, you know, one of TK's many strengths when it comes to commentary. So I just feel like so much people, uh, the way they commentate, they're not thinking about that. And that is a big, big problem because you're not, you, you start making it about yourself or all this other stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Talk about Yu-Gi-Oh cards or whatever. Uh, but listen, oh. so what we got... <laughs> So what we got is, uh, I agree, Charles, and I think I think even saying entertained, I don't want to say that's too strong, but your goal is, if someone tunes in, tell them why or give them a reason to stay. Like, that's always my thing. Why the that's fuck should I care? Who Who is playing? Why is this interesting? Why are you as the caster invested? Like, who gives a fuck? Like, what is the point? And that's why I do so much research all the time. Why the fuck should I care? Who are these two players? I've never seen this Roy before. I've never seen this Yoshi before what's up? Like, should we, do we know them? Are they ranked anywhere? Like, what's the deal? Uh, is this matchup really hard? Is one player seated higher? Just think about every angle as possible that makes it interesting to you. And it's probably interesting to the people at home or think about if I was at home right now, why the fuck am I still watching you when I could just go on YouTube and watch anything else that I wanted right now? It could be anything. Mm-hmm. Why? And that even applies to higher level matches. Like why the fuck? Tweak versus Leo. I'm a first time watcher. Why the fuck should I care about this? Okay, well, uh, that's just lame. Yeah. Don't watch that, bro. <laughs> well, that's that's usually what I say. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's local. my thing. Is like even simpler than like you need to be entertaining because then I feel like pe- people feel pressure to be funny and then they're not funny and it doesn't work. It's like nope. You don't have to be funny. You could be engaging in a, in a very different way. Like what? Be passionate. That's why I always talk about playing and, and caring about the scene and bringing all that. Sh- That's probably why I didn't even think of that. That's probably why I get so mad when people dog on the game. Cause it's like, you're just telling me to close out of the fucking tab, man. Why would I, you don't care. Why should I care? You're there. You're getting paid to be there. Why the, why the fuck should I keep watching? You don't even want to be there. What's up with that? Yeah. To that point though, like that is definitely what I've tried to accomplish throughout the last probably like six, seven years of my commentary. There was a point where I definitely did care 
that top players. But this was like, you got to understand that. Like I came from the era when like there was actual conversations on if uh, commentary was even necessary. Like people were like, I don't know. Like they're not really adding anything. Like we could just have gameplay, whatever, whatever. And so like at that point, you do have to like, appe- you have to like appease to the, the player. You have to be like, oh, I want them to know that I'm smart. I do not care if you think I'm smart. I know like I've, I've watched this game for 12 years. Like you can put out a new smash right now and I still will be able to like give you the context of what is happening on this screen without even knowing, just having basic platform fighter knowledge of what's good and what's bad. Right now, obviously, you know, once the, once you have time to sit down with it, you get more and more knowledge. But the biggest thing is that like in that chat of, you know, a 10 K chat, right. 2 K of those people at best really know high level smash. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I'm not gonna commentate for you. Like that's not who I need to. Who I need to capture. I need to capture those people who may walk in for the first time. And they could be like, "Oh, I wonder what's going on. Oh, this is a tournament. Oh, these guys are, you know, very entertaining. Like I feel like I'm engaged in this match. Be it they're funny. Be it they are saying th- the way that you're presenting the information sounds is easily digestible. Or you just have a good voice. You know what I mean? And so when I see complaints from especially mid level players or whatever that like are like oh i feel like these commentators don't know enough i think it's because they just want to they want like an analyst desk which also we've tried and then when we tried the analyst desk you said it was boring so we stopped doing that um and so like you have to pick you have to understand there's a difference between a commentator you know a caster and an analyst you can be analytical as a commentator uh, and find your pockets where you can talk about it but for the most part you are almost always like 99.9% of the time you were there to be entertaining before anything else like entertaining edutainment is what they call it so uh, educating some people and then entertaining uh while doing it is is the main focus of commentary in my opinion i feel like if you're not doing if you don't see it like that and i don't know any other way to say it, but i think you're going to end up being a bad commentator i think that's just that, that's how i see it. you don't have to agree but that's just how i i feel about commentary as a whole if i'm not entertained or if you're using too broad or too um you know exact of wording or verbiage that only people who like actively play in or watch the game will understand that you're missing out on a large part of the audience. And that means that uh, you're most likely going over the head over of more than 50% of the audience, which thus means it's not a good cast in my opinion. Yeah. And usually the, the audience you're talking about that are smash veterans, they're the most vocal. So mm-hmm. like the people that are pissed off that you didn't say Monado arts instead of Monado or whatever, right? Like that's that. That's the main problem, yeah. in my opinion. So it's just taking the feedback correctly, right? And understanding yeah. it. I was going to say that's like the number one skill of a commentator, too, is being able to take feedback in and figure out what is actually good feedback and will help you become a better caster. And what's just people... I've said before, people might just not like you in commentary because you look like someone that bullied them for no... And you sound like them, you know? Like, or they remind you of something that they don't like for no reason. So you're never going to win them over. Just don't worry about it. But sometimes people give you good advice and give you good feedback. And I'd say just being able to sift through what's good and what's shit feedback is one of the best skills you can have as, as a caster. So I don't think yeah. I said that before. But anyway, Gavin? Yeah, I guess that about wraps it up. Uh, thank you so much to TK for being a guest today. Um, we're going to go uh, into the Patreon content. We're going to be talking about Kowloon. And um, yeah, thank you so much for supporting the show. Sorry, I'm still a little sick. And uh, yeah, have a good one.